Welcome to this week's episode of Bridge Podcast. Hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. Thank you for those who've got in touch to share with us some feedback. That's been really helpful. Please remember you can get in touch with the show on podcast at bridgechapel.co.uk with any comments or suggestions for future shows or guests. So this week, I'm delighted to welcome to the show Paul Forrest. Hi, Paul. Hi, mate. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for your time. It's roasting, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like an oven in here. Yeah, everyone's enjoying the good. We happen to sit in a room with the windows closed and the door closed. So, yeah, it is a bit warm in here. So I'm sure you've listened to the other episodes and you know how it goes. So let's just start off by catching up with where you are now, what's going on in your life, that type of stuff. Okay. Um, well, I'm guessing most of you know me. For those who don't, my name's Paul. Um, been coming to Bridge for a good while now. It's over 32 years. Uh, currently, I'm retired. Um, I retired just on two and a half years ago. Um, which I'm really enjoying retirement. I've never been as busy as <laughs> I am right now. Uh, work was actually easier, it feels. But yeah, I'm a, a granddad, got three granddaughters, uh, two sons, uh, and, um, well, I am enjoying life, even though we are in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you work? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I um, I started off as a lab technician um, when I left school in a place called Goodless Walls, or Valspar Paints, as some of you may know. What school did you go to? I went to Getica Comp. Okay, right. Um, so do you want to tell you a little bit about my sort of journey in school? Well, or? we'll come back to that maybe. Okay. Just just interested to where you worked, where you retired from, okay. just that little right. bit. So I started off as a lab technician uh, in Goodless Walls. I worked there for six years. Um, did they release, did a uh, chemical technician's course, which was like a, a bridging course to do a degree. I never got that far because <laughs> uh, I left. Um, but then I went to a place called Dista Products, which is now yeah. currently known as Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked there for just shy of 40 years. Wow. Um, started off uh, on the factory floor. Uh, I tried a couple of times to get in as a lab technician. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't like look at me. Uh, so I didn't get the job. But my dad kept saying to me, just just get a job on site, he said, and then you can move around, mm-hmm. which I did do. Um, the big problem was I trebled my wages, and so it was really difficult to then go back down to just being a lab technician. Mm. So I worked shifts for years. Um, towards the end, uh, the last, I would say, last 10 years of my working life there, I worked in the, uh, in the labs. I sort of managed to move up a little bit, got in there in the end. Um, and worked in the research and development lab of, of uh, Eli Lee, which I really enjoyed. That was yeah. really good. And what, what are you involved in at Bridge right now? What's your kind of your role okay. right now, for um, those who don't know? Um, I'm an elder here at Bridge. I'm the elder over the care ministry. That doesn't mean I lord it over anyone. I'm just, that's my sort of, uh, that's my remit as far as being an elder is concerned. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and meet with the team. Uh, visit people, phone people up. We've been doing uh, a load of meal drops of late, mm-hmm. uh, which has been really helpful for those who've been locked in. Um, but yeah, just uh, growth group leader as well, so uh, which we have in our house, um, and do some like one-to-one Bible teaching. Occasionally preach out if asked, uh, and occasionally preach here. But uh, yeah, that's it. 
Great. So, the care ministry, I've obviously been involved in like loads of stuff, especially since like March the 23rd. So we were chatting just before about the kind of numbers that were involved in a bridge of people needing care. There was a lot, wasn't there? Absolutely loads, yeah. yeah. You don't realise until you actually sit down and analyse it that the umbrella of Bridge Chapel is huge, mm. you know, and it's not just uh, visiting a couple of people in hospital. It's 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 massive because it's friends of friends, and so you end up meeting people you don't even know, some yeah. people who don't even come to Bridge. But who are connected who are to connected Bridge. Who via, via different else. ministries, by yeah. somebody else, by just coming into the centre. So. Yeah, so what was it 150 plus or something you said? I think the, the list, list I've got is 157. Wow. Yeah. And every one of those has been cared for in some way, either with a, a meal delivery or shopping done for them or phone calls or socially distant visits or some some kind of thing has happened. I, th I think so. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. I'd hate for anyone to have fell through the net, yeah. if you can yeah. use that expression, but yeah. uh, I think... We've covered pretty much everybody. Yeah. yeah. And the growth groups have been great as well. And obviously, there's been loads of people who are not directly involved in the care team who have been doing their own stuff as well, looking after their neighbours. So yeah. just it brings it home, I think, maybe in these circumstances, how vital care in a, in a church's life yeah. is. It's massive. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is. I, I didn't realise how big it is until I got involved in it. And as I say, you, it, your eyes are completely open mm. to, you know, and it's not just someone who's a little bit ill or very ill. It, you know, it, it's it's lots and lots of other uh, situations that people mm. find themselves in, whether it's addiction, whether it's um, monetary, you know, it can be anything, you know, people's marriages breaking down, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you, I was really, really surprised by how many people require help. Mm. Amazing. And it, yeah, it, I suppose as well, the bigger your church community, then the the bigger that demand becomes. Obviously, you've got more people, so there's more people in need. So it, it's a challenge as well for us when we can't physically be together to try and make sure that those who do need care and support are getting it. And obviously, just because the meal delivery is finished, the, the work of the care team hasn't finished... I think it is important to remember as well, we're not saying, and we never have done a bridge, have we, that care is just the responsibility of either the pastor or the the team oh, or no. just the care ministry. It's like it's everyone's yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And I, it's been I, great, hasn't it, in this loads of people have been motivated. Well, we, we've been really encouraged as a team. Uh, at the list of volunteers that we've got, you know, I've had people phoning me up and I know the other guys have as well, um, saying... I put my name down and you haven't asked me to exactly. do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that sort of gives you an idea of how eager people are to yeah. help, which has been a real blessing. Yeah, it yeah. really has. And it would be great for us to let, to carry that forward Absolutely won't it? Would, when yeah. we whenever that may be when we get back together yeah. uh, to meet to, to carry that kind of heads up, eyes open mentality of who can I help. Um, and yeah. that awareness I guess of yeah. of of people's needs and not just leaving it yeah. to a small a small group of now, people you, you, to do what it, you yeah. said before Ian you're dead right it, you know without wanting to put pressure on anybody it's all our responsibility yeah. to look out for yeah. our neighbour Yeah. whether that neighbour is your next door neighbour or whether it's somebody that you know from yeah. your local church or wherever yeah. So, yeah. yeah amazing
So let's go back. Um, that's where you are now. Yeah. Um, let's go back to, you know, for a little bit about Paul as a kid. You know, where you were born and brought up. What was your life like? Okay. That kind of stuff. Uh, Paul as a kid, and I was brought up in, in Walton, but spent a lot of my time as a kid in the Dingle because that's where my grandparents lived. Um, so they lived just off High Park Street. Uh, it was called Oost Street, which is where the Tesco's is now. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we used to get taken down there. It seemed to be every weekend, even when there was a bus strike, my mum would make <laughs> us walk. So that was a, you know, that was a killer with my little legs. But, yeah, growing up... Um, we lived in uh, Walton Village, St. Mary Street. Um, had a happy childhood. Uh, I, I always seemed to be in trouble. That was my big problem. Um, basically, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't vindictively naughty. I just was a bit stupid. <laughs> and some people might still think I am, but I, I would always like either get caught or, you know, because I, I seem to be taller than all my mates. So, like the big ones always get picked out as yeah. you should know better and all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah, grew up in Walton. Um, went to the local school, St. Peter's, which is now called Bishop Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, again, the funny thing was, as a as a, a junior school kid, I actually did quite well at school. But then when it came to the 11 plus, I flunked it um, and went to get to go. So the 11 plus, like, look, only okay. people of a certain generation will remember that. Okay. But that was an exam, wasn't it, to get into a grammar school? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and if you didn't get into a grammar school, then you went to the, the, the local, local comp, comp kind of thing. Yeah. So I went to the local comprehensive school, which was Jessica for me. Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved school. Did you? Believe it or believe it not. Yeah. I uh, I think basically what it was, um, I was in pretty much all the sports teams because I, I just really loved sports. I was really... Sounds like I can blow my own trumpet. It was quite athletic. Yeah. Um, good at uh, athletics, reasonable at football, reasonable at swimming. So, you know, I won I won Liverpool City uh, Championships for 100 metres. I won the uh, 50 metres freestyle for, for the city. Wow. That so, so for me, and I guess you comp had all the, uh, the attributes you needed. Had its own pool. Yeah, all the facilities. Three gyms. Um, the teachers were great. Yeah. So I, I sort of love school academically. <laughs> it's a useless. different story. <laughs> yeah. So brothers and sisters, by the way. I've got one brother, Steve. Yeah. He's older than me. Right. So with, the, with what happened to him at the 11 plus? He went to get to go. Oh, so he failed it as well. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> so you love school. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of said that when you, when you left, you went on that... Um, Lab tech route. Well, yeah, just a just a little little backtrack. The reason why I didn't do well at school is because I was doing all kinds of sports and things like that. All I ever wanted to do was join the army. Right. That, that was my. So when I went to see the careers officer, what are you going to do when you leave school? Joining the army. Right. Are you going to? So for about three years, that's what that was my mantra. Yeah. To the point that when I was sixteen, um, you could go in as a boy soldier. Yes. When I was a kid. Yeah. So um, we had the, because my dad was quite keen for me to do it, but my mum didn't want me to. So we had the the uh, the officer and sergeant from the Royal Marines and the Royal Engineers come to the house. Because my dad said, you can go in the army as long as you learn a trade, mm. Royal Engineers. 
But I was like, I want to be a Marine. Mm. What a nerd. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I was going to join the army. Anyway, I left school with very few qualifications, um, thinking, well, yeah, I'm going to join up. What they recommended for me to do was wait till I was 17, because that you could go in as a... A man. As a man. Yeah. Then. yeah. Um, and then that would be it. I had the interview, the uh, medical and all that for, for both as a, as a young boy. And uh, so that was it. That My life was mapped out. So I was going to join the army. Anyway, I thought, but they said, try, try a bit of work, get some money in your pocket and then come back and see us. Anyway, the rest history. Cause, that was that. Because I didn't. Yeah. So. So. It's it's we've spoken to a few people actually about hindsight about yeah. looking back the way things work out and we can come back to that, but is church a part of your life um, as a as a kid growing up? No, no. I uh, the the only sort of li- the only links I had with church as a teenager were a local youth club that right. I used to go to, St Peter's Youth Club. Where the uh, the quarry men performed. For those of you who don't know, the Beatles. Yeah. Was, yeah. One of their. First. Anyway, used to go to St. Peter's. Um, I was in the choir for a little bit, but that was only because you got paid. So if How you much did, did you get? It, it was it, well, it was ten shillings if you did a wedding, <laughs> which is fifty p, um, and you got a pound every quarter. So a mate of mine was in it, so we said he might as well come and join. So we did. Get a bit of money. And then my voice broke, and then that was that. We got flung out. Yeah. <laughs> get out. Yeah. So uh, church, apart from so that's like a yeah a volunteer. Your parents are not telling you. To I go. got I got sent to Sunday school um, from the age of about seven to ten. I want to say right, um, which I actually enjoyed. You know, I, I and I got sent on my own. Didn't go with anybody. Yeah, you know. So when I got there, sort of didn't know anybody. And your parents weren't going they to the church. Go. No, no, didn't. So, so uh, why do, why do you think they sent you there? Don't know. Maybe to try and straighten me out, I think. Oh, <laughs> get you out the way. <laughs> Probably that, yeah, yeah. For a couple of hours on the yeah. Sunday. But I, the, the funny thing is now, when I, I think I can remember my Sunday school teacher's name towards the end because he was great. Mm. You know, I really enjoyed his teaching. But, yeah. So if if going to church is not really part of your no. family life no. at all, no. um, Apart from like being in the choir to get a bit of extra, yeah, only for a couple for of years. sweets or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're now in a situation where you're, you're in a local church, you're serving, you've you've been involved in ministries. Talk to us a little bit about the way uh, your experience brought you to a point of contact with church again after that. Um, going to Sunday school. Okay, so that was about ten, I think you said. Yeah. So from then on, you had no real no contact no, with no. any kind of church. No, no. It was um, it, as I say. I went to the youth club. They always were banging on that you should come to church on a Sunday evening. Yeah. But I never did. I never bothered. Uh, and they used to say, if you don't come, then you can't come to the youth club. But they didn't follow that through, right. unfortunately. Um. But yeah, growing up as a teenager, um. Never went to church, never set foot in a church, anything like that. Um, and probably didn't until I got married. Wow. Yeah. Which so, was when? Um, I got married on the 7th of June, 1980. 
So, so what it, does that mean? It means it's our 40th wedding anniversary. On Sunday. the Sunday when this podcast when this goes, goes out. out yeah. Amazing. 40 years. So we can wish you all, to you and Sue, yeah. massive congratulations on reaching such a milestone. It is, yeah. So, well then. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you go to... So, how old were you when you got married? 23. Okay, so you haven't been in church since... No. Whatever, 10 years or so? No. You go to church, get married... Church still not a part of your life as no. a as a as a couple as a family. No, church for for me was Anfield at that point. Okay, so so you go in the game. So what's life like for the newly married Paul and Sue forty um, years ago? Yeah, great. I mean, I met Sue in Goodless Wall, which was my first job. Mm-hmm. That's why I never joined the army because <laughs> I met Sue. Okay, um, that didn't come up before. No, <laughs> but yeah, and so. Yeah, all of all of a sudden, I find myself I'm married. You know, I've 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 grown up a little bit. I think I know everything. I think I said what this in one of my uh, my um, not podcasts, but when you asked me to speak the other week for you know, I've thought for the day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thought I knew everything and didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, um, so I was in that situation, and uh, I just found myself okay. I've, I'm married. We've moved in locally. We live in Basin Street, opposite Garston Park. Um, we both went to match, as it turned out. Right. Yeah. Because when I, on my first date with Sue, um, all we talked about was football. Because right. she was like as Mad Liverpool crazy fan. about football as I was. Yeah. And on our first date, she said that they've got two season tickets in the family. So I proposed immediately. <laughs> I'm good at Quit. Quit. <laughs> Get it? And, and I basically did. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. You're enjoying yourself. And have you got when did when do the kids come along? So we got married in nineteen eighty. Um and Graham was born in March nineteen eighty four. Okay. So he and then Phil came along in October eighty six. And church is still not a part of your life? Um when Graham no, 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 not no. at all. No. Nineteen eighty eight. I think it was when we, well, I tell a lie. We started going along to the local Church of England church when Graham was about three. Because um, we decided, for whatever reason, we wanted him to go to Sunday school. A bit like me. Right, okay. But we went along to the services. Right. Um, so where, where was this? It was St Mary's on Egbeth Road. Okay. Yeah. At the top of um, Crescenton Park. That's right. So, so so yeah, that that was sort of our introduction into going back on going back to church. So you're like mid mid to late twenties now. Um, yeah, 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 twenty eight. So you just start going there. Yeah, okay. I mean, I I I think I said before, I because I work shifts, I'd go when I could because sometimes I'd be working on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but so Sue so would take take Graham. Um, 
and we went as I say, I want to say eighteen months, and didn't do anything for me, didn't get anything from it. It was just a something, just something did. we did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? Um, we we got invited to a baptism, a full immersion baptism, at um, Earp Street Tabernacle. Yeah. Uh, which is four doors away from where my mother and father-in-law lived. So, yeah. wow. And uh, so we got invited to to our uh, in 1988 to a baptism. Um, I knew what a full immersion baptism was because I've got an auntie and an uncle who are committed Christians, Viv and Dave. Um, and I knew that they'd had full immersion baptism, and you know that I'd spoken to them about it years gone by, mm. but never. Never looked into it, but we went along to this baptism service, and uh, I wasn't going to go. Uh, I said because 1988, the kids were, you know, Philip was about 18 months old, I think. So uh, I said, "Well, I'll stay in. I'll stay in your mum's, and you go." Anyway, as it turned out, we all went, um, and I was, unbeknownst to me, and was so blown away. The Holy Spirit really moved in both of us. So, so that was a bridge baptism. It was because at the time, so just to fill folks in, that was when. So eighty eight was before we'd moved up here fully, I think. Um, so, yeah, we in fact we hadn't yeah, we, moved up was, here at it all. Was, it was still no. I'm it, thinking of ninety. Yeah, it was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. So we were having our because the bridge building, where it was right by the bridge in Garston Village, wasn't big enough yeah. um, to hold the batons. We we we, yeah, we had them in a few other places. We had them in Herb Street. We had Toxter. them in Toxter's Tab. Um, so Hayes and I were actually baptised in Herb Street right. in nineteen eighty seven. So this would have been the year after. So some people, some folks from Bridge were getting baptised. It would have been rammed, I guess, because it was always... It was chocker. Chocker, yeah. right, right to the back. Yeah. Um, and then something happened for you there. Yeah, I um, just went thinking, yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll show me face type of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then came away completely. Well, I didn't really know what, what I felt, but I knew that something had happened right. to me. Um so, inst- you just said the Holy Spirit really moved. You wouldn't have thought of it though time, in those I terms, think, would you? No, no. So you'd have come away thinking, "What? That was what? weird." Yeah, yeah. What, that, you know, what were your thoughts? Um, I felt I just felt like a challenge. You know, it's like I was spoken to, like as if I was the only person in the room, right? And and and, and the word that was being preached was actually to me. Um. As I say, came out of there. Obviously, wouldn't have used that phrase. No, you know, the Holy of Spirit course, definitely. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Wow, something." But some, you were affected. I was like, definitely emotionally very. Yeah, I wasn't like bawling my eyes out or anything, but mm. I just came away, and I I couldn't get away from. And I and forgive me, I can't remember what was preached on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it certainly had an effect on me, um, and it had an effect on Sue. But we didn't talk about it. So you both went to the baptism, yeah. which you didn't plan to go to together no. anyway. You came away both having some kind of um, experience and response to what you'd seen, but didn't talk to each other about it. No, 
In fact, I think we went back to St. Mary's for a couple of weeks. As if nothing had happened. As if, like, yeah, you know, well, wow. if, if we forget about it, it'll go away yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't. Um, And then... So we, it, it, it... But it didn't. What what didn't? I, I actually dug my Bible out. Okay. Which was given to me at Getica. Um, It was a... I think it was an English... No, it wasn't an English, English standard version. Right. No, no, that's ESV, isn't it? Yeah. It wasn't ESV. It was like a... It was like a, a Bible you you used in RE. It was like a, a you know New King James. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't even think it was that. It was a, a bit of a a bit of a random version. Right, of, yeah. But but you had one. But I had one, and and I found it. I sort of went looking for it and thinking, why am I looking for the Bible? Mm. You know what? And consequently, uh, and I know a lot of people probably know this, but we were due to go on holiday, and I packed the Bible, unbeknownst to Sue. And when we get to Menorca, which is where we went, she's unpacking the case and she like turns to me and says, "Who's put this in here?" <laughs> so uh, I said, "It was me." So what have you brought that for? I said, "I want to read it." So I spent ten days on the beach in Menorca reading the Bible. So bizarre. Yeah, and Amazing. then what, what Sue's response to that at the time? At the time, she think you were a weirdo. She or? did. She thought you you've you've lost it here. You've you've flipped. You've yeah. uh, you know, um, and I just I, I said, well, I can't help it. I said, you know, let me at least read it. I said, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, you know, um, but unbeknownst to me, she had the same feelings, but but I think she was fighting it a bit harder than I was. Right, you know. Um, so she hadn't secretly packed a Bible in her no, makeup bag or something. No, well, she might have. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we we we, uh, we came back and then we we, and I was fine. You know, we had a great holiday and all that. But I, I was, you know, instead of taking a, a random book to read, I yeah. decided to take the Bible. So we came back and we both decided to we we'd come along to Bridge Chapel and. See Just because like. the the baptism had yeah. been from Bridge, basically, yeah. So you you start coming along to bridge and what what happens then? What's um, so that would have been, I would say I think the baptism was in March. We went away in May, so early June, hmm. we uh, started to come along to bridge, um, and then but it might have been a bit earlier than that. But I think we were coming along for a couple of months, and and I I I and I'm now at a point where I I, I can't get enough of. Scripture. I can't get enough of the word. I can't. I'm like, you know, but I didn't know where to go. Right. You know, I didn't know where to turn for it. The yeah. internet was probably just about getting up and running then. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a computer. It was all those kind of scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I didn't know where you got Christian books from. But obviously, over a period of time, you find out. You speak to the elders, the pastor. Obviously, it was Bill, and. Um, Come the 4th of July, which is an easy day to remember, mm -hmm. um, I got on my knees in my bedroom and asked the Lord to change me and told him I wanted to follow him and that's it.
So can can you look back now? I mean, it's I think it's quite difficult to try and verbalise, but what what had gone on in those months from? Because lots of people talk about. Um, I mean, we've had people on talking about they've come from a Christian background, so the the conversion it'd be like it's not dramatic it's just yeah. you know it, it was part of their life anyway and, yeah. and then other people would say you know I went to this event and bang it hit me and I, I repented and I came to, to Christ there and then yeah. um, I think it's quite interesting that yours is more of a kind of a, a little journey from you know going to a baptism being moved then going away and reading the bible yeah. And then, like, there's there's a process. Something is going on, isn't there? That leads to this point where you, in your bedroom, you get on your knees yeah. and 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 do that. So, can you remember or can you talk about what what was going on in that in that time? Well, thinking back uh, now, if I can like really rewind to when I was a a, a child going to Sunday school, um, as I said earlier, I can remember the the teacher. I can picture him now vividly. What I heard there, I also had a, a junior school teacher who who I loved, uh, Miss Moore. She was great. She 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 obviously liked me, which helped. Uh, but she was definitely a Christian. This Mister Goodacre was definitely a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like all along, I'm finding that there's there's like as I say, this is on reflection mm. that there's God's putting people and situations in my life that. I'm not really aware of it. Yeah, the time. you don't know at the time. No, no. Um, and as I say, I talked about my auntie Viv and Uncle Dave before. You know, I remember Viv coming to me uh, when she found out I was a Christian. She said, "I prayed for you all your life." Wow. And she I, must have been. And I was thirty then. Thrilled. So she said, "I've been praying for you all your life." Um, and then a little bit further along the journey, when I went for today release, uh, I, I met Uncle George, Uncle George Creswell. He was a lecturer at Old Swan Tech. Oh right, yeah. So, and obviously, everyone knows who who knew him, what yeah. he was like. He was, yeah. you know, amazing fella. Yeah. So so clever. But you had no connection, other than that, with. Well, other than the he's. he's you didn't know who he was then, is what I'm saying. No, I, I well, I, I do. I knew who he was, but I I'd sort of never really. Our paths didn't cross. Right. I knew he was my uncle's dad. Okay. But that was all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, wow. uh, and then. As I say, further along, I'm I'm thinking, well, Lord, you put people in my in my path that that obviously had some kind of influence on me, although be I didn't know. And if anyone would have asked me between the teenage years, even when I was rebellious and um, to get married, was I a Christian? I'd have said, yeah. Okay. Do you believe in God? Yeah, of yeah, course I do. Yeah, yeah. Based on what I couldn't tell you, other than the the, the classic, I was I was. Christened as a child, yeah, and I went brought to Sunday school, yeah, 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 did yeah. all those things, but yeah. that obviously I know that doesn't make me a, a Christian. But now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in thinking about. Um, people could say, you know, you're you're young, twenty three, twenty five. You you have kids. Life is going great. Yeah. Um. Why did you feel you needed God in your life? You know, you had. Whatever else yeah. to live for. I did. I mean, I I, I didn't at, at that time. 
you know, albeit I've just said those little stepping stones along but the way. They're only with hindsight, yeah, though, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. No, you know, I didn't look back then. Mm. All all I wanted to do was how, how can I put it? Go and watch Liverpool. Yeah. Which I did. Play football as well. Um, trying my best to be a good dad, but I didn't know what what being a good dad was mm-hmm. really like. Albeit I was there for my kids. As, as you know, as a dad, um, and going out with me mates and drinking and mm. and stuff like that. That that to me was you know that was that that was. So there's a lot of people that we like. Oh, that's a boss. That's a boss life, you know. Yeah. Um, because I think the the assumption is, or, or can be, that you you come and you you come into church because you think something's missing, but your your experience wasn't like that. No, not really. No, I didn't have this sort of like void that I thought, you know, um, 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 am I afraid of death? I didn't really think about it, mm. you know, because we all think we're invincible at that age anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I didn't. I didn't think I need God in my life or or anything. You know, that that certainly wasn't on my agenda. Yeah. I was having a, a good time. I was married. I had two kids. I had a good job. Um, and yeah, life was good. Yeah. So, I, 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 why did I need God? Yeah. But yet God met you Absolutely. where you were. Absolutely did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that's fascinating, isn't it? Because, you know, everyone's story is different. And I think we often want to compare, you know, my my story with your story or, you know, this other story, which is like this person, they did this, that, and the other. But I just think it's really listening to people's testimony it's always great because it's a reminder that god meets us where mm. we are um yeah i think and I think, speaks to us i think going back a little bit probably the one time i actually realized my mortality as a young married man um was a heisel right um, yeah I, unfortunately i was there and uh saw it all kick off and was just completely devastated like most people were. Mm-hmm. Um, that was quite traumatic, to say the least. Yeah. Um, to be standing in a, in a football match, you've just gone to you know watch your team, and then the next thing, it's just carnage, and you're yeah. hearing conflicting reports of people dying, and you can't believe it. And then, yeah. you know, some of the things that went on during and after the game, um, the treatment that, that all the Liverpool supporters got. I'm not trying to make out that anyone anyone shouldn't have been treated badly, but you know, it, we, everyone was vilified and not everybody was involved, but you, you can imagine. And I remember coming away from that thinking, I never want to go to a football match ever again. Wow. And uh, that's been such a massive part of your life up yeah, to that point. Yeah. Uh, and the other side of it was that I, I did think then, uh, why? God, why is this happening? But I never, never had dialogue with God. Do you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. pray. I wasn't. But I'm thinking, God, why, why is this? What, what's going on here? So I remember that. Um, but then, like a lot of things, six months later, you've forgotten it all. You know, you've you've got over it, and and, and life carries it's part on. Of your past, and yeah, yeah. yeah.
so let's let's carry on a little bit with so you you become a Christian what what changes in your life what what happens over the next few years okay um, yeah became a Christian um, and that's 32 years ago uh, two weeks later Sue did which was amazing uh, so pretty much the same time mm-hmm. um, and and since then, life has been that easy no. and everything's gone great. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, uh, no life is, it, it's no easier. In fact, I, th- I, I actually think, if I dare say this, I think it's sometimes harder for Christians because I think, first of all, the temptations, things that you don't, you don't think about, you f- you're tempted by. You know, so what I'm trying to say was, Things that places I would have gone, things mm. I would have done, things I would have said, and the way I would have acted changed. Mm. Um, and I won't say it changed overnight, but but my whole attitude to people, to life, um, to God, um, completely and utterly changed. Uh, you know, and I, and I, all, I, I probably came became a bit of an unrecognizable person <laughs> to people who really knew me. Prior to that, okay, you know, and obviously comments, what's happened to you, Holy Joe, you've right. become weird, you know, and 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 I didn't think I had, but I just stopped doing things and saying things and acting in a different way to the way, and obviously you're working in a factory, you can imagine, you know, you you'll get ripped to bits mm. if if you're anyways different, and so I didn't want to be. I didn't want to sit on the fence. I thought I've got to nail me colours to the mast here, but I've got to try and do it in a way that's, you know, acceptable. And it takes a while. Mm. But yeah. That's... What was that? What was that like? That experience of shop floor, you know, rough and ready folks, um, and then it was embarrassing in a way because those people who knew me. And knew what I'd been like. Mm. Reminded me of that, mm. and that that was difficult. Mm. So, you know, you never used to do this. You never used to say that. You know, now yeah. you know. So, yeah, everyone around you becomes a moralist. Yeah. Once yeah. once you say you're a Christian, well, that's like, it. You can't do this. Yeah. You can't do that. When did you suddenly become yeah. holy? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, um, and it took a long time. It, it it really did take what, a long time. What what did to try and to well I think a few to people work said, it, to work out a for me to for for people to work out me yeah and and me to work out how I was gonna be and a for Christian. you to not feel like you were compromising yeah what yeah. you what you now believed yeah yeah just trying to be trying to be real yeah yeah you know and and you know and not not play this because to be honest I mean the funny thing is a lot of people say to me. Before they knew me, uh, before they knew I became a Christian, I should say that that I, I was a bit of a jack the lad. I was, you know, I would be first in to do something stupid. Mm. You know, um, I can remember. I refer to them again. Me, Auntie Viv, uh, and Uncle Dave. My mum went to speak to them because she really respected them mm. and said um, she's really worried about me because I'm always getting in trouble. I was quite often getting the cane in school, albeit I love school. Yeah, you know, I was always doing the wrong thing, getting in the get, just getting in, in into trouble. 
And so people who knew me all of a sudden go, oh, hang on, what's happened to you? Yeah. But but God changed the way, Yeah. you know? Yeah. God stopped me swearing. God stopped me going to places to, you know? And it wasn't a case of I became, well, I don't think I became this bore. Just my attitude to life completely changed mm. to people and to things I wanted to do. So, so going forward then, um, like we've just said, we don't want to paint the picture because it's not true, is it, that life is easy or easier or any more easy or any more difficult than it is for anyone else. You know, we're all, we're all struggling along with our own struggles and difficulties. How, how has being a Christian kind of impacted that and affected the way you've gone through difficulty or faced difficulty? Yeah, without going into into graphic detail, um, yeah, we've had a fair bit of difficulty over the years, mm. uh, these, especially these last few years as a mm. family. Um, but I think for for me and for Sue as well, you know, and as a family, we we totally rely on on God for for all things. There's times where we don't always understand the situation, but. You know, I, I I do firmly believe that that God is in control of all things, mm. and why should I be exempt from whatever issues? Yeah, yeah. You know, why should you know why shouldn't I be ill? Why shouldn't I yeah. lose family members? Why you know because that's life. Mm. And not, I'm not trying to play it down, but that that's that's the way life is. Yeah, it's understanding that okay, as uh, as a Christian, the the God does love me and wants the best for me. And even in whatever the situation I find myself in, then I, I, I totally believe that. It's not blind faith. It's not stupidity. It's just, you know, the, 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 his word tells me that. Mm. You know, the whole reason for Jesus is because he wants to have a relationship with me. Yeah. So just to, to pick up on something that you just said there, um, that's okay. You've had your times of difficulty, yeah. which we don't have to like pick our way no. through. But um, I'm I'm interested in when folks use the phrase "Oh, I relied on God" or "just depend on God" or yeah. "trust God." They can often be things that are easy enough to say. Yeah. Um, but just the reality of what does it look like when Paul and Sue, or as as an individual or family, you you rely on God? What does that mean what does it look like in in a real sense do, do you understand what i yeah. mean yeah. so rather than just being a oh yeah you know something that we say yeah. oh i i, I trust and i lean hard on him yeah. for example yeah it's okay to say that but what, what does it mean okay well as naturally as i'm chatting with you here i i, I talk to the lord mm. you know whether it's whether I'm driving the car, whether it's I'm sat at home, whether mm. it's I'm lying in bed, whatever it is, you know, I I have a relationship, a one-to-one -one relationship with him. Uh, and as I said before, I'm not exempt from issues and problems. None of us are. Mm. But ultimately, for me, um, God, I believe God knows best. And even really sometimes, Ian, when we don't understand I don't mm. I don't get why we're, we're going through a coronavirus pandemic at the moment. I, I, I don't understand it, but ultimately I will one day. Mm. And I trust 
the 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 God will will reveal that to me at some point, whether it's now or whether it's I'm in heaven, mm. you know. But I, I just I act I just firmly believe in the promises. I've been doing the promises of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I firmly believe in the promises of God. When things are great, I praise Him. When things are not great, I continue to praise Him. Yeah, and it's harder to praise in the storm mm. than it is when you're on top of the mountain. But ultimately, you know, I, 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 I do. I don't have an issue with 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 that situation at mm. all. Yeah, I mean, the Bible's full, isn't it, of of characters who struggle. Yeah, and have some have mountaintop experiences, yeah. but some certainly have, you know, really humbling and painful experiences. And I think you're right. None of us are exempt. Uh, from any any of those things, or from or from the difficulties of difficulties of life, because we're we're all humans, yeah. and yeah. I think I, I might have been you or Sue I was chatting to recently, and some people say, "Why is this happening to me?" Was it you that was saying you turn that question around, saying, "Why shouldn't yeah. why shouldn't it? Yeah. this happen to me?" Yeah, 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 and that's subtly different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. shouldn't we shouldn't believe, should we? That we're exempt from. For many pain or difficulty, absolutely not. You know, and and the Bible teaches that. So mm. it, it's like we we were chatting before. If you know the word, if you know the scripture, then you, you should expect yeah. difficulties yeah. because they will come. And knowing knowing your Bible, I think it was Dave mentioned this in in the chat we had with him. Knowing the Bible is 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 so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's at those times of difficulty when you do want to like reinforce and um, yeah. trust in those in those promises. Absolutely. So that brings us like kind of nicely around to talk about any favorite passages of scripture you want to talk about that have meant something to you in times of difficulty that you could share or any books that you've read that you found helpful. So yeah, um, lots and lots of scripture that mean lots to me. Obviously it all does, but certain times uh, of your life you pick out certain passages that you feel that really hold you and hold you up. Um, so, for instance, Psalm 121, verse 3. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And that, to me, is just a picture of, of God and the strength of him and where I am with him. He won't let me fall, albeit sometimes I feel like I'm falling. He won't. Mm. And one of the first ones I, I, I seem to remember ever learning was... Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, so they're both sort of a little bit about strength. Maybe that's just part of my character. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just feel that, that no matter what situa situation I'm in, uh, he will hold me fast. We sing that, don't mm. we? And um, mm. you know, I'm glad of that. And then Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. 
which obviously is a really well-known, uh, well, t- to a lot of us it's well-known. Yeah. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was talking earlier about, you know, it's trusting and it is all about trust. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, I find that uh, that passage uh, really, really helpful. And it's one I'll probably go back to time and time again. And then finally, uh, Romans eight twenty eight, all things work for good for those who love him, basically, mm. and, and follow him and, and you know, even in times where I'm thinking, why is this happening? Or people are thinking, why is this happening? Or why is the coronavirus happening? It's something I hold on to, that all things work for good. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, I mean, Romans 8 is is such a, an incredible chapter. Absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting because the why question is one loads of people struggle with, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so when they're faced with like some kind of difficulty or trauma, it's often easy. Why? Why yeah. is this happening? So it's interesting that you've picked um, a couple, especially that Romans eight one. Yeah. Um, that that doesn't answer that because sometimes there's no there's no answer to that question. Is there's, there's I think, no I think we all of, ask why sometimes, yeah. then, don't we? You know? Yeah, sure. And there's no, it's there's no kind of scientific. Well, it's this, this, and yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just. It is what it is. But yeah. I think what you're saying is that even in spite of that, the idea that I can trust God because he's bigger, he's more, he's yeah. sovereign totally in my totally. life. And that's and, and encouraging, that, and, and isn't that, it? That's, that, that's it. You know, no matter where I'm at, no matter how situations are, you know, and as I said earlier, you know, none of us is exempt from problems. Mm. So... We need things to hold on to, yeah, yeah. You know, scripture, yeah. and this is that's why I chose that. Yeah, amazing. And what about books that you've read that you'd recommend? Yeah, um, you know, people have sometimes have a favorite book that spoke to them. Sometimes it can be when they were younger or whatever, but it doesn't have to be something that's always been with you. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, you know, the the favorite song thing yeah. that we're doing the hymns of hope. Um, I I might have a favorite this week. And then in a couple of weeks' time, it'd be, different. I think it'd be a different yeah. one, sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's, there's, uh, I've, I've got like a, a library of my, my own, which is in Sue's office, and uh, there's a good few books in there. I'm not a bookworm, so you know, I have to discipline myself to read. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Because some people find reading easy. Yeah. And maybe it's part of their job. They have to read, yeah. Or, the, or they're academic. Not everyone's like that. Um, so it, it is worth saying. Just sorry, just before you go on to your book, that lo- there's loads of like audio books, isn't it? Yeah. Like you mentioned, listening to um, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, do that. Do that as well. Listen to it. Read it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Y- y- both ways. I think yeah. it's, it's great to have that opportunity because sometimes it's almost like it's nice to like sit back, shut your eyes, and listen. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to. Yeah. Sorry, go on, I interrupted, but it was just no, it was okay. interesting because, yeah. you know, you, you've highlighted that point that you're not necessarily no, an avid I, No, reader. I'm not. I've uh, I've really had to discipline myself. And when I look at the pile of books I've read, I'm quite impressed with myself because <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm like, oh, I didn't think I'd read that many, but yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, but currently, or I, well, I've just literally finished reading The uh, Prodigal Prophet from Tim, Tim Keller. Yeah. Uh, it's all about Jonah, mm-hmm. uh, which when you read it, I would recommend it. 
when you read it, you know, you're sort of liking Jonah to yourself a little bit. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, we all want to run away sometimes, don't we? Yeah. You know, which is what he did. But really, really good read. Um, I would recommend that. Um, before that, the, the book I read was, um, it was called The Atheist Who Didn't Exist by a guy called Andy Bannister. Uh, I went to see him uh, last year. Uh, he's a really good, oh, I would say, an excellent uh, apologist. He was part of the uh, Rabbi Zachariah Ministries. Okay, yeah. Um, but now he's he's sort of like branched out, and he's he's, he's part of, of one called Solas, uh, which is really good. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, he's on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, excellent. Really good communicator, and the book's brilliant. It's funny. Uh, it's serious. Uh, it explodes loads of myths about what atheists think of God. Uh, mm. Really good. Definitely recommend that one. Um. And one book, I, I don't read many books twice, um, but this particular one I, I have read twice, both times on holiday. It's uh, by a guy called Keith Green, uh, whose book was called No Compromise. The singer, Keith Green. Keith Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah who, uh, well, we sing one of his songs, or a couple of his songs. Uh, yeah, geez. he's got an incredible story, hasn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah. I, well, that's why I read it twice, because the first time I read it, I thought... That was such an amazing story. Yeah. So I saved it for next year, took it on holiday with me again and read it again. Um, and then I gave it away to someone because um, I, th I thought, well, hopefully they'll be blessed by it as, as much yeah. as I was, you know. So just give us a flavour of, of of the book because I know his story. Yeah, is, um, yeah. basically he was a, he was a singer-songwriter in LA, yeah. just, uh, you know, trying to make the big time and uh, playing in clubs and bars and things like that. Um, and then had an encounter with a christian mm. um well a number of christians it's a bit like what i was saying earlier on people sort of step into your life and yeah. at the time you've got no idea why uh and i think he probably felt the same mm -hmm. um i won't tell you how the book ends because that would really spoil yeah, it yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah his testimony is phenomenal yeah. really really is he, he became this amazing i would say amazing evangelist yeah um but I, I can't say too much because it, it's spoiled. Yeah, book. yeah. I've got a couple of his like records, his vinyl, yeah, uh, records, yeah, from like the eighties. Yeah, it is very yeah. so very eighties. If you listen to his music, yeah. Uh, but one of the songs we sing here is "There Is a Redeemer." Yeah. So that's you know, I think most people know that. Yeah. Probably didn't know Keith Green wrote it, but no, unless so. you look at the little tab at the bottom yeah, of the screen. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. What a what a story. Great. And as I say, I read I read that twice because it was like so powerful. In fact, I'd read it again, but I haven't got a copy, so I'll yeah. have to get another one. Well, maybe someone out there will, <laughs> might donate you one. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, lots and lots of others. Um, John Piper, David Platt, Kevin DeYoung, people yeah. like those people. You know, mm -hmm. I, I suppose you could sort of probably call them modern day um, stuff. Obviously, I've read some of the uh, classics too, but yeah, yeah they're, they're the kind of things I was introduced to as a Christian. They were yeah. the kind of people... Yeah, you need to read this. You should check this out. Da, 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 da. So, you know, that's that's what I did, and I say I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and and it's made a difference to me. Great. Well, we'll put all those in the um, in the notes so people can can yeah. look at those, um, and get into them. I'm sure maybe sometime in the future you might be able to meet up with someone and maybe get Definitely. a copy of the Keith Green one back <laughs> off someone. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's it's still in print, so you can yeah, get it. It's yeah. not that old, like, but, uh, yeah, it's a great story. Great. Thanks, mate. Okay. 
Thanks for coming in. All right. Thanks for your time. No worries. That's absolutely fine. Really enjoyed it. Boss. Hope everybody else does. Yeah. Have a good day. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. so much for listening to this week's episode of the bridge podcast if you've got comments suggestions or questions for us please feel free to send them in to podcast at bridgechapel.co.uk and we'll respond to all those emails and try and incorporate any suggestions into future shows to get as many people as possible to hear this podcast if you like and subscribe to it on your podcast provider that'll really help so thanks again Hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to you joining us next week on the Bridge Podcast.